Hey there, this is John, and I want to take a quick minute to let you guys know about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You don't even have to do anything. Your podcast will be heard on Spotify, Apple, Google, and many more listening platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now back to the show. You are now entering on bar audio hello and welcome to another episode of Armbar audio i'm your host tim farley and next to me is my trusted companion john kearns what's up everybody and today we have another installment of why you should be watching what promotion are we talking about today john well today we are covering uh game changer wrestling gcw which yes. has a big show, GCW Draft Day, tonight. Now, um, with yeah. with these shows, as you all have come to expect, we have a guest, and they usually are more knowledgeable than us. They're supposed to be. Uh, and GCW was very generous. Brett Lauderdale uh, got us in, in the DMs of, well, he may be your daddy, Um, (laughs) Today we are graced by none other than the LGBTQT Alphabet Army Warrior, Effie. What up, baby? I'm live from Las Vegas right now. I'm in the fuck. I'm in the beautiful Circa Casino. I'm tan as a mother. I'm ready (laughs) to go tonight. This is going to be draft day is lit. And we're talking about GCW today. You picked a good person to talk to. I know a lot about GCW. Yeah, Probably too much. <laughs> I was going to say, the first time I heard of you or saw you was maybe two or three years ago for Fest Wrestling. Uh, I believe that's that's in Florida. And you immediately caught my eye because I've never seen a man uh, in independent wrestling, especially, where things could be very harsh for certain people uh in fishnets and a pink leather jacket and i was just like this dude fucking rocks yeah like just immediately um hell yeah but like um what i remember listening to the interview you did with fightful and you talked about you were an owner of a major company? Yeah, so I was, a, I was a partial owner in a very large moving company that when I got there in 2013, no, 2012, I got there in 2012. I'm a grown-ass man, y'all. Like, I've lived some life. Uh, I got there in 2012. I took over this company. I took under partial ownership. I took it from, you know, doing 600000 a year to when I left the business, was doing almost $2.5 million a year. I had over 35 to 40 employees. I had a lot of trucks. I run business. 
and I was working 50 to 60 hours a week and still doing wrestling. And I mean, you can look back. I'm tired. I'm a tired guy. Right at the beginning of the pandemic, though, I said, look, I said, we're getting too hot. There's too many opportunities. I'm tired of saying no because I have to be at work. I'm throwing out a lot of money, but fuck it. Let's go. And then obviously the pandemic hits. I'm without a job. GCW steps up and says, we're going to run. We're going to figure out a way to do this. We're going to keep you rolling. What paused a lot of people opened up doors for some other people. And the pandemic is horrible and coronavirus is terrible. And we, we are mindful of the lives that have been lost. But also, we've taken a lot of precaution at the shows. We've done a lot of things. And it's provided this whole new era of like weird wrestling where anything kind of goes. And GCW is like at the very forefront of that. I agree. Um, yeah. What... Um... Were you wrestling while you were doing this other venture? At what point did you start? So my story is a little strange because I was uh, I was very good at booze and drugs. Very good at it. And I don't mean, um, oh, you know, he was safe about it and moderate. I mean, like, I would do a lot of it and nobody would really notice that I could handle myself pretty well. And in 2013, I took way too much acid and I got sober. And I had too much time on my hands. Long story short, there was a vision where John Cena didn't necessarily need to be real to exist. And I said, well, there's only one way to find out. I got to do it myself and see if there's really a fucking weird level to this. So I just went in to go like, let's see what happens with the system. And so while I'm working and doing this corporate job, these weekends where I get to go out and just like wreck people's lives and scream at people, especially starting in the South, starting in Georgia and Florida and Alabama, when you're getting your lips in front of Alabama, oh my God, how did you survive? How did you survive? let me tell you what's crazy. I go back to Alabama now and I am over and people are coming out of the woodwork who had never come to wrestling before because I ventured in there and took the, took the heat to begin with. But I think when you bring up Fest, it's a good point leading to GCW because they were the first promotion to look at me and go, like, do whatever the fuck you want. You know, every other promotion in that area was like, he's acting too gay and it's too this and it's very that Southern wrestling. And they said, take the ball and run. And when I was given that freedom, boom, I've got the moment. And I think as word started to spread of like, this dude's just rolling around doing whatever the fuck he wants. You know, I, I fought a kid. I had so many whipped cream out of my ass. I, I don't care. <laughs> and the thing is, when you look at the core wrestling, it's still there. But I'm not playing by anyone else's rules, and I'm crazy. And I think when GCW kind of got wind of that, there was sort of the air of, and I've heard this from people, there's sort of the air of like, all right, well, let's see what this little bitch can do. Everybody's talking about him. Like, everybody thinks he's so hot. Everybody thinks he's so cool. And to me, that was such a benefit because I'd been going into all these small promotions. It's just a hot shot. I had confidence in myself. I knew I was good. I was getting over. I was selling merch. So the fans were telling me they liked what I was doing, even if I wasn't getting that feedback from these promotions and places that were still booking me. But I think when Brett got word of that, he was like, let's just see what what he can do. And I did that first clusterfuck for him. Uh, and I think he was pumped on that. And then he brought me in and was just like, all right, let's see you and Orange Cassie. And I remember after that match, it was in Nashville. I walk to the table to go talk to Brett and Joey Janela walks up and he goes, you got to keep booking this dude. He's fucking great. That match was sick. And Brett goes, I fucking watched it. I know. And I was like, oh, baby, <laughs> we're hooked in. We're hooked in now. So it, from that point on, I, I felt like not only was I brought in because people were responding to me and they saw what I was doing and kind of venturing into my own lane, which is like a lot of what GCW comes down to. And we'll get into that more. When you get into your lane and you say, I'm doing what I'm doing and it's getting over and whether you think it's proper wrestling or not, if it works with the fans and people are watching it and seeing it, y'all can be mad, but we're going to take the risk on this. And with all these other companies, there's the mindfulness of, oh, our advertisers or, oh, our family fans or, oh, our this. And what GCW has done is said, hey, we're adults who like crazy shit. 
We like cool shit. We like cutting edge shit. We like our LGBTQ fans. We want to celebrate our black fans. We want to celebrate our Asian uh, American workers. We want to celebrate people from all over the world and all these styles of wrestling because you can like it all. You don't have to just have a grapple show. You don't have to just have this, but you're put to a test because there's a lot of times where there's, hey, we want to give you this big match and see how you do. And then there's a pause period where you go, you have this big opportunity. You had this big stage. What will you do with that now? that you've got that push in that direction. It doesn't mean you're not coming back, but there's a little bit of a pause to go. I want to see where they take this. And you have the ball in your hands a little bit to say, Hey, I I'm bringing something to the table and they'll say, Hey, if you think it'll work, we'll give it a shot. And if it works, you go with it. And if it doesn't, you move in another direction instead of just one guy at the top, which is, that's where it is at all companies going. If it's not my idea, I don't want to be a part of it. It's Hey, y'all are all talented. Our locker room is very collaborative. If you've got things that are working, it may not be something I would have thought of or been a part of or gone with, but if there's an audience for it and it will get them fired up and it will keep the show hot and it's something different from the rest of the show, we have to run with it. And I was given that chance with a lot of big names rolling in to say, hey, can this kid hang? And as I sort of was like put to trial by fire, you saw that not only was I still this effy wild character, but like I'm now having to hold my own against like some of the best wrestlers in the entire world. And as daunting of a task as that is, they put total faith in you. There's no one in the back going like, I bet he's going to fuck it up. I bet he's going to blow this. It's everybody going like, go kill this shit and show them what you do. There's not like necessarily that sort of, uh, I hope somebody fails mentality. And that makes such a difference in a collaborative process because you're not waiting mm -hmm. for somebody to be against you. You're not waiting for someone to shoot your stuff down because most of the time it's, well, what about this too? Or what, Oh, what if you did this? And nobody's backstage going like, I taught him everything. I taught him, I told him to do that spot. It's more like, Hey, if this whole show goes well, top to bottom, shit is better for everyone. So if you've got something to bring to the table, let's hear it. On, let's hear it. You know, there's no oh ego about it. It's we want to we want the best product out there. We want to give the fans every version of wrestling and all these types of wrestling. And to be the best of the best, you can't work against each other. It just won't work. Right. Uh, you mentioned taking the ball and running with it. They gave you the ball and you made a very big ball. Uh, a brunch, actually. Yeah. So, and how did that come to be? Uh, so I joked with Brad about it. I said, Brad, you should do Effie's Big Gay Brunch. We kind of joked. And he said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then I tweeted it out. I go, who's going to book Effie's Big Gay Brunch? You know, we'd already been doing business. I obviously knew who was going to be first in line to book it, but I had to put it on the table. And there was so much traction on it that he jumped at me right away and was like, all right. He's like, but if this doesn't work right, you got to get out. And I think our relationship built so heavily from that point because people like myself and Alice and Kat and really a lot of the people backstage with that collaboration, it goes into the world and it goes into the way we view the rest of the world. And so there are people coming up in honesty and saying there are things about your community we don't know or understand. We are looking to you and leaning to you to help us understand that better. And when you look at the opportunities that Hey, he says, hey, Effie, give these people an opportunity. And then he gets to see this whole world he didn't know about that is now brought into the GCW world. Look at the placements we're getting now. And we're moving more LGBTQ people to these main shows. And we're moving you know, more black talent to these main shows and moving more women to these main shows. And it's really awesome because at a lot of companies, when the fans go, hey, uh, this fucking sucks and here's why, they go, well, fuck you. You're going to be here next week. But oh, 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 when, when people about. come... When people come to GCW and say, hey, here's something I would want to see, or here's something that excites me, or here's something I didn't like this time, that is all taken into effect. And having the ability to adapt and change is like 
why they are always on the forefront. It is literally game changer wrestling because we're allowing ourselves to go out there and do something that is, you know, hey, how yeah. will people react? Let's find out. Let's see. And with that, that's the only way you get progress in this industry at all versus here's why you can't do that or here's why that'll never work or here's why you need to do this instead from guys who like made money in the 80s and 90s but don't even know how to download their emails properly. The entertainment world has changed. Technology has changed. The way we consume media has changed. And if you can't keep up with that, then give me a call in two years and ask for a bank loan because we're going to be ahead of you. And the problem with that, obviously, is they're going to take our guys, right? They're going to take our guys. They're going to take anybody who gets over, and that's fine because we want them to make money. But what we are working towards now is when that decision comes and they say, here's what we can do for you. We want that to be a little harder when you know the opportunities are out there. And so that's even beyond GCW. And it's a bigger part of why we're in Las Vegas and why we work these shows and why this works out. There's collaboration all over this country with a lot of wrestling promotions. Right. And GCW is finding talents through that and boosting their shows with talents and trying to keep the scene longevity there. Like you said, um, they're going to come get our talent. <clears throat> Them, I assume, is the machine, like they did with ROH. Um, and, like you said, it's good. We want them to make money. Um, I think you said something uh, I read somewhere about Jake Atlas, uh, about infiltrating the system. Uh, yeah. Um and I think so far it's great because we saw Darren Young, right? And as soon as he came out, he was given major opportunities, which left a bad taste in people's mouths, not because he was identified as gay and, or that he didn't deserve it, but more so like the company was exploiting him. And so far with Jake Atlas, we haven't, I would say, in my opinion, and I think John would agree, we haven't felt that way. Yeah. Uh, we know it's there, but it's not the exploitation. It's and a wrestler getting great opportunities who happens to be gay instead of a wrestler getting put in the forefront because he's gay. Right. And then another thing you talked about was the celebration of the LGBTQT community and people of color and everything. And obviously you're talking about your show and we're talking about for the culture and etc. And the thing is, when it comes to that whole idea of is it being exploit, is it exploitation or is it not, it they come off to me, GCW special shows like that come off to me as genuine and authentic. Because yeah, as your show has rolled on, we have come to see not just gay and lesbian people. We have I have now been exposed to the polyamorous boy, the blonde, I don't remember his name. Michael Vincent Young, yeah. my baby. What, what a legend. What a wild human. Uh, and yeah, he's, it, he's on some things. He's on some next level stuff. He's, uh, he's, he's about to get his modeling career off the ground too, back, back in the business. But that's, a, that's another story. And then like with, for the culture, it's not the same people all the time. There's more and more, uh, people of color being featured. 
like I first it's, saw it for Mud Slam. Yeah. Yeah. Like <clears throat> I'd never heard of that guy and he was huge and I was like what's he going to do and I was completely impressed. To me, and, yeah, those special shows that GCW does, it's Here's people that you should be paying attention to and looking out for that you're not going to see other places for yeah. reasons that we're not going to say, but you know what they are. But but <laughs> what's beautiful about that, and this is what I've had to explain to people, because well, we will not win in my position as someone who is staying independent as long as possible and as, as fruitfully as possible. Um, when When we succeed... The businesses, whether they admit it or not, that are larger than us, start adapting towards us. And you see this in the roster changes. You see this in style changes. You see this in presentation. When we do well, the best we can hope for is that they will imitate what we're doing, but also imitate the good things, too, and saying, hey, there's a reason talent likes working there. There's a reason talent is excited to show up for those shows. There's a reason talent wants to work together. How are you missing the boat when you bring these things in and try to replicate them? What are the parts of that that you're missing that are the real spirit behind it, that are the, like, the actual heart behind it? If you just take what's on the piece of paper and hang up the piece of cardboard, you can say, that's oh, that's Nick Gage. But it is. It's a picture of him. But it's not the real version. It's not there. And there's a way for them to do that. And going back to that LGBTQ conversation, going back to Jake Atlas even a little bit, from that infiltration point, I've said to him, I say, look, I'm not going there. I'm not going to be a part of this company. I won't do it. They won't do it. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. But... My job on the outside of yelling at the yelling at the castle and saying, how dare you, castle, is necessary, but not as necessary as getting in there and creating a, a, a situation where they go, hey, this guy's actually pretty cool. And this guy's a pretty good wrestler. And this guy's this. Because in those moments, you have to take those little chances, those ball chances and go, OK, well, I'm going to put WWE on the spot and say, I've got an opportunity here. I'm live. I'm going to do what I want to do. When those stars take those moments, they can be as mad at them as they, as they want. But Jake Atlas is in a position now where I think that man can do whatever he needs to. And the more he does, the more he is going to get over and connect with the crowd. And it's like Nick Gage said the other night on the documentary that just premiered. What it comes down to, everyone these days is proficient. I'm going to add to his statement a little bit. Everyone is proficient. Everyone is worthy of attention. Everyone has worked extremely hard. Everyone has gone to the gym. All these things. The level of connection will lead to your level of entertainment. And if you cannot physically connect with a crowd, if you're wrestling like there's not a crowd surrounding, if you're wrestling like people are not there live with you, experiencing the same moment, you will fail at connecting with those people. And you can be as impressive as anything, but you will fail without that connection. And boy, it's hard to connect with a Zoom call. And I get how hard that is for those guys to wrestle in those situations because I did a few no fan savings. And the only thing I did was be crazier because I was like, this is nuts. I'm nuts. This is crazy. What am I doing? So I know how that makes you feel, especially these guys are filming wrestling at eight, nine in the morning, you know, 10 a.m. They got to do these calls. We have to find a way to get that heart back. And the only way we can do it is by running so gangbusters big that they've got to follow along and they finally figure out what they're actually missing out on a little bit. Well, talking about uh, how they will adapt, they they really shit the bed on the adaptation of Bloodsport, wouldn't you say? Um, w- w- uh, the WWE version, the Raw Underground. Which... Oh my God, bro! The Awful. funniest shit I have ever seen in my life. And it's so funny to me <laughs> that they like, well, what are they doing? And it's like, it to me, it sounds like if you explain something to your grandpa, and it's literally what it is. You explain something to your grandpa, and then he like did his version of it, which is like, oh yeah, they're doing it with no ropes, and it's like kind of dirty and wild, and it's like physical grappling, and he's like, shit, put a ring in that corner, and just 
bust in some jobby jobbers and make it dark. They'll love it. Put Shane down there. He's tough. He does punches. Yeah. And it's that he was level gonna buy of like, UFC. <laughs> I mean, like as wrestling fans, we reach a level of frustration where we go, Well, why didn't they do this? This seemed obvious. Why didn't we do this? This seemed obvious. Y'all are talking about convincing an 80-something-year-old man to shift his ways now. I don't care how many great ideas or how many great talents you bring in. If that dude's at the top not budget, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. And I wish the other people would, would sort of see the same run. And I think there's more collaboration on the AEW side. And what I've heard from people is that there's a lot more collaboration. But I hope that they look over there and say, hey, we don't have to do anything to replicate what they're doing anymore. We're a different thing. We have settled our brand. We have done it. There are things that still echo that WWE tropism. And in wrestling for 40 years, you could put screen on screen and the angles have been the same and the cameras have been the same and the entrance has been the same. Where's the next level and where's the next spot? And like, as dumb as it sounds, GCW doing these shows at at venues that look different and feel different and are not necessarily, oh, I'm in the stingy arena and there's an $8 beer. And not that we're going to sell that out right away, but there's a different vibe to coming in. And as we have grown through the pandemic, especially with live events being so down, Finding people who come in and go, we just didn't have anything else to do. And this was, we could come here and we have to wear a mask and we get that. The growth there is so magical because there's nothing else like it in the world happening. I mean, independent wrestling in general. Uh, The only thing that I could compare that feeling to in the independent world is, uh, I guess on indefinite hiatus, PWG. PWG had that feeling, but they went on hiatus once the pandemic started and GCW kept going, and I I said multiple times on this show, GCW feels like the spiritual successor to PWG in a lot of ways. But GCW was was Jer- Jersey Championship Wrestling first, and then Brett bought it off of Riccio, I believe, and changed it to Game Changer Wrestling. And things started to change. And recently, Brett bought the rights to Jersey Championship Wrestling. Uh, We saw the doubleheader with Ashes to Ashes a few weeks ago. And we found out that the scum Uh of the earth, um, Ricky Shane Page, is no longer a GCW roster member. He is now in JCW, which is very interesting to me. Um, now I'm going to be honest, I've watched GCW here and there much more recently in the past year or so. Um, we all know Nick Gage's name. Uh, we now know more about him. Um, we live in Pittsburgh, so so we have known about Atticus for a long time. Um... I, of course, you and Alley Cat, we have seen a lot of. AJ Gray uh, has really blown my mind since I started watching him. Um, who in the... Of course, you have to mention Janela. Janela's like the godfather, I guess. Um, the best. Yeah. Um, where do you think GCW started to gain traction? Um and where um who are some of the the names that really really pushed gcw forward so i think if you if you really look back and i was there at this show as a fan as a paying fan that first spring break show everybody was 
it was everybody in Orlando was talking about Joey Janela and nobody really knew Joey Janela. And it was, you know, this was years back. So this is a while back. And that whole weekend they were paired up with all those Evolve shows. And so mm. all of these, you know, 17 Evolve events and here's, you know, Beyond and here's this and here's that. And it was all great wrestling. And by the time Joey got out there on that Saturday night and that show started, nobody knew what to expect. There was such a vibration in the air. And as the show progressed, we sort of realized like, wait a second, this is wrestling without rules. We've seen rule wrestling all day. This is, yeah. there's there's no limits to the booking. It's strange on purpose. It's supposed to be ridiculous. It's so over the top. Everything is wild. And keeping of that spirit and letting people know like, hey, there's a version of wrestling where you can get wild and drunk and scream and have fun and not have to know every hold and cravat and yeah. transition and reversal and still be as much of an avid fan. And we have the matches that will hit you on that level, but that certain freedom of not necessarily being goofy about wrestling, but including the history of wrestling in ways that are not as here's a trophy and welcome them out. And here's the superstar, but bringing these legends back, like me getting to work with Virgil, like that's nuts, but it's, it makes sense at GCW because there's always the wink and nod at the rest of the rest of the industry yeah. because they sort of can't keep up. And we sort of play the game better than them. So it's sort of like, hey, guys, we can do even that part, too. You want the Legends moment? We'll give you Legends moments. You want hardcore? We'll give you hardcore. You want comedy? We'll give you comedy. It's all there down the line. And it's magical to see that work together and to see, like, I know they felt validation on that first show and felt that energy. I think if you look at specific players, I'm going to talk about the most underrated GCW roster member there is, okay? And I believe this with my whole heart. It's Kyle the Beast. It's KTB. Oh, yeah. KTB has been down since day one. Now, listen, I'm a Jimmy Lloyd fan through and through, and he could fit right up here in this category. But the amount of people that have been put in a ring with KTB and come out looking like incredible stars and yeah. come out looking so massive and so great, but also the ability to sell with him and his pacing and the way he works, he's so good and so underrated. And I think because he is so good with everyone else, people often overlook exactly what he does. But when you're in the ring with KTB, you go, God damn, this is a pro wrestler and this is great. Yeah, and usually those types of cats have a long career, and towards the end of it, everyone says they're the most underrated wrestler of all time. But right. you guys had a, a fantastic tag match from, at From Ashes to Ashes, and <laughs> we saw when uh, EYFBO left... They passed the torch to Bear Country, and Bear Country's pretty much AEW now. I feel like Iron Beast is the indie tag team. No offense to you. No, 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 not not at all. And I say this because, you know, those two have come together as a tag team, Mercer and KTB, and there's such cohesion there. We're like, there's cohesion with me and Allie, but we were also, you know, singles wrestling most of the time. These are... There are two guys that came together and they go, look, man, we're going to be stronger as a team and we're the strongest motherfuckers in the building. So seeing them work together and have that click and have that chemistry, when you think of a good tag team, you don't think of that tag team. You think of all the opponents you want them in the ring with. And when I hear Iron Beast, I'm thinking, oh, man, there's a, I mean, an endless list of tag teams I would love to see them clash with because not only are those guys going to bring the strength that over the top, that big energy, that fire GCW where it just keeps going and gets crazier – they're also going to just uh, they're going to make sure that everybody else is taken care of and looks incredible. And so as you want to strengthen the tag division and you get those matches with those guys, they look better. Everybody looks better. And they're wanted even more. I want to see them all over the place. Yeah. Japan, man, dude, yeah. Iron Beast will kill Japan. Well, and if we're going to talk a little bit more about names that are synonymous with GCW, 
You got to talk about old Mancer. Baby. Free Mancer. That's all I can legally I'm like, say. When right? I, right? Yeah. When there's somebody, when there's somebody in the ring pissing me off, pissing the fans off, I'm just waiting for Simple Man to start playing. <laughs> Mancer knows, baby. And the thing is, man, it's that it's that thing of in GCW you have to be a utility player, right? I just said that like my dad, utility. You have to be a utility player. No, because you, you said, really you don't... said it like Taz. Taz used Did to I? say that utility. all the time. I'm a utility wrestler. <laughs> I love Taz. God yeah. bless Taz. Uh, Who doesn't love Taz? You don't know what you're going to get yourself into, and you're expected to perform at the highest level in whatever situation you're in. And so you have a guy like Mance who a lot of people go like, oh, he must be a Southern side. He must be this, he must be that. Brother, Mance goes, and Mance puts people on, and Mance knows how to storytell to where when you finish a 10-minute match, you feel like you watched a whole story, a whole play, a whole yeah, episode. And, and, you almost forget there's yeah. the rest of a show. And Mancer can put you over while beating your ass, too. Like, you don't look like a bitch when you fight Mancer. You look like a guy that talked a little bit too big and had to take the heat for it. Had to take the toughest guy in the bar on, and he's pissed now. Now, (laughs) when did we switch from tables to to doors? And budget. That's something I didn't even think about. I want to know where do we go. (laughs) <laughs> where do um, we go after the door do we start bringing mailboxes like the things from outside i want to see mance hit somebody with a mailbox yeah that'd be fucking awesome <laughs> i'm just making it i've joke. seen the the file cabinet before that one looked pretty brutal yeah you know the door thing a folding table costs between 50 and 80 dollars and a door costs between 10 and 25 dollars and so when you're looking at like the most destruction possible brother i'm gonna get 10 doors instead of three tables like you i'm just, gonna go for it you, and you, <laughs> They just are blew my mind by saying they, the door is twenty five dollars. They don't; they're incredibly cheap. Uh, but they don't have all those extra metal parts too, to where yeah. you can go harder into a door and not expect. Okay, did that thing poke me? Did that get me? Because I have scars spots, all over from chairs cutting into my legs. You know, like those parts of chairs will catch you. People are like, oh, the chair just collapses. No big deal. Girl, I collapsed no. the chair and then it went into me. So it's, it happens. But those doors have become so synonymous with GCW. And I remember seeing him first at Fest because he ran out of money and had to start buying doors at Home Depot. And I was like, whatever, we'll spray paint them and make them crazy. And we would have these weird themed door matches. And I'm glad they've kind of caught on everywhere because like, there's nothing more exciting than knowing you get to destroy something in front of people. Like, oh, yeah. how many how many doors do I have? Three? Fuck. We're gonna we're gonna break some shit. Oh, I love. And story. people have to get keep getting more creative with the doors. You know, you can't just give the same old door spot. You got to get wild with the doors. Yeah. And some yeah. of the best doors are the ones that don't exactly break correctly. I'm sorry yeah. I cut you off there. No, but you're like, fine. I I oh, think man, the when, same about tables. Like anytime keep... I watch a New Japan match and the the table does not break, to me that makes me think. That dude got it worse than if it did. Way worse. Japanese tables are the toughest wrestlers I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) But no, you have to keep getting creative. You have to duct tape five light tubes to the door. You have to wrap that in barbed wire next. Like, (laughs) you've got to... But God bless him. Well, shit, if you work for DDT, you might bring a gun. Yeah. You've got to carve his fucking body up, as Nick Gage would say. Carve him up. Carve him up. Take it up. So we were talking about Japan. GCW has ran shows in Japan, and they've brought Japanese wrestlers over. Uh, and we saw today uh, or yesterday that GCW will be venturing into Mexico. Uh, so what's what's going on there? 
Um, I, I just found out about this. They're going to Mexico. I love it. I think they were originally supposed to go to Mexico last May. Uh, and, it, you know, obviously everything fell apart with Corona. But I will tell you this about GCW Mexico. On March 12th of last year, right before shit hit the fan, uh, Matt Justice and me had a match in Philly. And the next day I was supposed to go Matt to Matt Justice Arizona. fucking was, rolls, by the way. Uh, Matt Justice is yeah. the great. I'm I waiting trained, for I trained for a little bit. Yeah. And I worked a show. Like just like putting up the paying your dues, yeah. And he worked oh, yeah. uh, Sanjay Dutt, and he was awesome. Yeah, because you know, like yeah. when you're coming up and everything, you have to shake everybody's fucking. Oh hand. yeah, and he he was awesome. It yeah, was, um, he's the best. Matt Justice is one of ours. Facade is one of ours. Facade, Facade is the greatest yeah. too. Is ours. Facade Justice is ours. Yeah. Came from somewhere else and yeah. he worked here. Yeah, but, but that's Pittsburgh. Facade <clears throat> is Pittsburgh home ground, baby. But yeah. yeah, our 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 local indie IWC. I've gone to plenty of shows to the point that I'm on a first name basis with fucking Facade. I'm on a first name basis with Elias. Mm-hmm. Like hell yeah, these are guys that guys and Elias is a guy that I get to see on WWE television killing it. Whenever he gets the opportunity. Well, I I don't get to see it because they yeah. paired him up with some jag off. Well, yeah, they did I, recently. I'm, I'm not watching that. I'm talking about when I used to watch it. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and people ask me, well, what is that like? You see him, and I'm like, okay, like you're a football fan, right? Imagine if a guy that you watched play high school football and college football got drafted to the NFL. That's what yeah. this feels like for me. This is awesome. Right. <laughs> it's sick to see and and it's like there's there's room for all of that difference you know like i could never do what facade does and i you know i'm gonna say here facade could not be effie and that's fair across the board because we need both of us we need that excitement from everybody yeah you know effie can it, only it, be effie facade can only be facade right uh, like and you were saying God. about the connection to the crowd when you when you have those types of wrestlers those wrestlers are the ones that people remember and they're the ones who drive the companies uh and the one of the problems with the biggest company is that they are so big now that they don't need that yeah and 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 it's an issue but but we're looking at other companies and all the other companies are having that and they have these figures and now we're seeing a lot of interplay with uh these companies and (sighs) at uh spring break this uh past past month my heart uh, did skip a beat sir <laughs> it looks like we may be leading to uh nick gage john moxley fight uh i think we are very well headed in this direction and it's crazy because you're saying like wait a second this dude just fought nagata on aew this guy was just the champion of aew and that's the thing about a guy like john moxley and i think aew recognizes that is he's going to do what he wants anyway and if he wants to go fight Gage in the glass, Tony Khan can give him as many words as he needs to. But he knows that, hey, man, I'll be back when it's done, but I got to go do this for me. And it's so sick to see. But, you know, it's yeah. one of those things where I ask myself, you know, Moxie's out here. Everybody's excited. He drops the DDT. It's sick. And I really i am not trying to sell here, but it's been a second since he's been in that game. And I know they did the gimmick glass table on yeah. AEW. And I know he's done some blood and, you know, barbed wire match and all that stuff. But like, he really needs to reflect on that documentary and what he was saying, because it is real to gauge and he's holding that belt now with the tightest hand possible. It wasn't him losing that kept the belt off him. It was him fucking his own leg up because he would have taken that goddamn belt off. Rick. I I think Moxley needs to revisit that thought that he had about the pizza cutter in the mouth, the, the forehead, like 
it's, it's and I'll it, say man. this too. It's going to be our, a, our like conversations a passing of the torch, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have Moxley. See, that's the thing is, I don't know if it is, and this is where I'm like having the concern, and I don't want to give Moxley like advice because obviously he's done extremely well for himself. But if he's doing this in all a David Arquette to like get his kicks and check the bucket list off one more time before he like rises into the sunset, like be fucking careful because when Gage hears that, I don't care if he loves you, he's gonna be like. You want to go out, bro? Then let's go out, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I just hope he's hearing all angles before he goes in there. I because... can't tell if it's that or if it's just him wanting to go fucking nuts with his with his bro. Or like, <laughs> I think that's what it is because, yeah. like, him him leaving the machine, it, it just it seems like he's completely reinvigorated. And yeah, he wants to do whatever he wants to do, and like, Renee needs a a distraction. When this happens, well, it's going. To. <laughs> yeah. It's almost out. The baby's almost yeah. out. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> and I mean, it's. I think they're gonna have you know a fantastic moment. I hope he you know sticks around a little bit. It'd be nice to see. And I'll say this: a lot of people. This is me getting too much heat. And I talk too much shit, but I always believe in punching up. So, and I think he can handle this. Yeah. I thought it was really cute that he hung out in the locker room with us. I thought that was very nice. He had a private room, but he hung out in the locker room with us. But I know it's not because. He was trying to be nice and show them how good John Moxley is. I know it's because he fucking misses actually having fun in the locker rooms and not having to go brood in the corner and deal with yeah. everyone trying to ask for his fucking Dean Ambrose autograph figures because yeah. they're all fucking marks. So it's good <laughs> that you're here. I appreciate the sentiment, but understand, I know you want what I have, and I hear it from the rest of them. If you're not man enough to say it, say it later, but you can come have your outlaw bite. You can come have an appetizer. It's adorable. Remember where you stand, son. Well, what if what if there uh, blossoms a, a little partnership or a, a little working relationship? What if we uh, see someone like Effie on a Wednesday night? Uh, could that be a possibility, and would you like that? I haven't paid QT Marshall enough money to appear on AW Dark. Whoa. God damn it. <laughs> Is it on? You're it's wild. On. It's I, don't, on. I don't give a shit. It's honest. I just, honestly, that's, I hope, I wish the best for everyone, but don't, you know. You have, that's I'll wild. leave it at that. You just got a clickbait article. But, that's uh, yeah, wild. That's wild. You have to pay to be on? What the fuck? Hey, I want you to ask yourselves, who, what indie star has not been on AEW Dark? Who's not signed by a company? Think about it. Um, F.E. Uh, mm-hmm. Schlack. Jordan Oliver. Jordan Oliver. Schlack. A.J. Gray. Nick Gates. Here's the deal. A lot of a lot of people. Uh Myra. We don't draw your crowds, I get it. But yeah. But no. we know our value and we know our worth. And we'll we'll get there and we'll have a conversation eventually. But right you now could. the conversation is if you go to BFE.com, it's six hundred and sixty-six thousand six hundred and sixty-six dollars. You own me for a year, you get no creative control, and I still do whatever the fuck I want. I'll be there though. I'm always on time. I'm gay. <laughs> we, we, have, we, we, we have to start saving money. Yeah. So that Effie can hang out with us for a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I hope somebody crowdfunds it and the fans buy me, you know? Yeah. I thought about selling stock in myself, and I thought that was a little too capitalist. But, <laughs> but uh, holy shit, dude. You just blew my mind with that. And, like, that's kind, Sorry. Of, that's kind of upsetting. I don't care. We need, let me just because, be clear, Because, too, honestly, right? like, a guy like you, like, you think they would jump on. Yeah. Because with... They have Nyla and they have Sony Kiss and like I think and they did steps, the thing, I don't think they did the thing with J- with Warhorse and, and and now Warhorse is like where is he I'll be 
I'll be honest, y'all. I'm I put a dildo in front of Marco's son's face. I'm not in the highest favor over there. I hope they can let the heat go on him. Let let Marco live. Give me the heat. I'm the dip. I'm the dummy. I'm the idiot. Let him live. But dildos are funny as shit. And yeah, yes. if anybody's mad about that, if anybody's mad about a dildo appearing, girl, watch the match. I literally get jizzed on and can't see and die. Do you want to hear a hilarious dildo story? Always. I'm coming up the stairs in my parents' house, and there's a land, like a, a walkway. Here is my mom and dad's room, my sister's room, and here's the bathroom. My mother is coming out of the bathroom. I am at the landing, and we start hearing a scratch at her door. And we had a little shih tzu named Coco. She, <laughs> oh, came, <no. laughs> she came out of the room with, uh, I would say, a nine-incher in her mouth like a fucking dog bone. And my mom looked at me, and I looked at her, and we just laughed because that's Did she say it's of... a back massager? <laughs> no, she she knew her little boy had been exposed to bad things at a very young oh, age. Oh, no. But it was just... I'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And well, I'm maybe sorry, you should I'm work sorry, towards mom. forgetting it. I think you have to forget it. I think you have to release yourself of this. No, of mental no. flush. Let them have their fun. You know, everybody has to have their fun, even even they're if they're fun. my parents. <laughs> oh my goodness, truth, goodness. So, um, we talked about big names. We talked about some big shows. Uh, there's three championships in GCW right now. We got the heavyweight champion and Nick Gage. We have the inaugural uh. Uh, Ultraviolet champion. champion and Alex Cologne, who won it at his show Planet Death, I believe. And, exactly. Uh, the tag team championship is being held by Los Meziosos, uh, Ciclope, and Miedo Extremo. Um, yeah, dude, it's been tough getting them back into the states, and that's why there's been sort of a hesitation. And I think we're working towards that, and we're closer than we were. Uh, and obviously, you guys see, like, the tag division is heating up. Like, we want those matches. And, you know, those those guys came in and people were like, shit, like, Mexican deathmatch wrestling is really bringing the heat. And yeah. I think there's frustration in that, too, of, you know, when we were looking at Tampa last year, we're looking at who was coming in for these shows and who was going to be here and having the Freedom Show and having these stars come in. You know, I had Vini from Japan coming in. I had Razor Ramon Hardgate coming in. Freedom, And insane. I look at... It's insane. I was supposed to wrestle Kikitaro at that Freedom Show. It's an intermission, so it's going to be lit. But it never happened. I, I look at that and I say, okay, some people will say, oh, it sucked they haven't had the tag belts with them for this long, and these guys can't come defend at GCW Turf Land. But when they come back and when that tag division is on fire, they've got opponents for days set up and ready to defend those belts or lose those belts, and yeah. we're all ready for it. We may see it. Uh, I mean, GCW is going to Mexico, so... Esta posible. Uh, also, that ultraviolet championship, I just want to say that I, I think it's great, and I think all the ultraviolet guys are gunning for it, but also I probably could take it if I wanted it. I just I don't know if I'm in the mood yet to dethrone Cologne. I really like him as a person. Uh, but, you know, I am. I am. I'm out for gold now. The thing is, like, I have my fun. I've done my thing. I need to cement shit now, you know? And, like, I look at Nick Gage, and I go, all right, well, he's got a few challengers lined up, so it might take a second to get there. But I look at 
Cologne and I look at the field and I look at who's out there and I'm like, man, that shit. D- did I might Cologne have to die, make the title? He did not actually. I think uh, Brett surprised him with the title and had okay. that had that made pretty last second. And I know they were very excited. You know, that match was a tribute to Danny Havoc and and Danny was a really close friend to a lot of the people in that locker room. And I think having that belt debut right there, Cologne wins the match and then the rain just started pouring down the worst lightning storm I've ever seen. And I was like, yo, somebody's saying something right now because yeah. he shut the whole show down right after Cologne won and said, we're done for the day out here, I think. And I thought that was so beautiful and so crazy. And like, it's a genuine thing from Cologne, you know, but it, it's, uh, it's also not a, it's not a belt for like, it's not a, a, a plaque. It's not a here, look at you. You're so great. It's a, I mean, it's a defending championship and I hope it, uh, I, I hope it, starts being defended regularly and violently because we all want it right um so like if you were to describe to someone who is not knowing uninitiated uh, yeah yeah uh, of what gcw is do you say this is a deathmatch promotion that has this stuff sprinkled in or do you say this is a promotion where you can find anything you want or what what would you say? Man, it's sort of hard to vibe up. I'm gonna try to brain this for a second so I so I really give you the right answer here. Uh, oh, man, I don't even want to call uh, it's difficult. This is the big question. Because part of me just wants to say that Game Changer Wrestling is just a wrestling promotion because they are and they're all styles and it's all at the highest levels and it's incredible. And, you know, people want to capture that essence and capture that magic and they can't quite figure it out. And so at its core, it is a wrestling promotion. But I'm going to go bigger and this is going to piss off everybody. Game Changer Wrestling is a live entertainment company and we are focused in wrestling. But there is so much being brought to the table that is under the realm of wrestling that they aren't able to find anywhere else. And there are promotions that are similar and promotions that have followed in a similar vein. And party wrestling is going to be huge as soon as things get back. And I'm excited to see where that goes. But Game Changer Wrestling wants to stay on the front. And the adaptability in a wrestling company is something that we have everyone beat on. When things work, there's no ego. It's that thing works. If things don't work, we don't go back to it, but we don't hold grudges about things. And if that adaptability was found across the board, and if that willingness of cohesion and how can we make it work was found across the board... I think wrestling would be better overall. And I hope we can lead the charge towards saying, hey, if you if you touch the stove, it'll burn you. But if you turn the stove off and then touch it, it actually doesn't have any heat on it. So take the time to cool out. Take the time to figure out sides and go towards making all of wrestling better because Game Changer Wrestling is trying to do that. And we're feeding the rest of them to get there. We just, we can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You know what I mean? Yeah. So tonight, uh, we have Draft Day in Las Vegas, which is headlined by Nick Gage and AJ Gray. And you find yourself in a match against, I think Dark you Sheik. are very uh, familiar with, Dark Sheik. Now, Dark Sheik is a member of your community, correct? Very correct, yes. Uh, she is a woman. She is a trans-identifying woman. Uh, she is the mother of the House of Hood Slam, and I'm actually a really huge fan of her. Um, I have watched her career forever. I like I joked in the promo about waking up on Instagram and seeing Hood Slam videos, but I literally would do that, and I would see how crazy it was. And I got the opportunity to go out there and wrestle for Hood Slam, and it was one of the craziest experiences of my life. It's such an electric crowd, and she is such a like people don't realize she's been wrestling for 20 years, but she is 
been so successful in the Bay and Hoodslam ran every Friday night and they always sold out big and they always had money coming in that the environment was like, we don't need the rest of you. And as pandemic hit and I found these opportunities and I said, I need you in these roles. And she kept shining and kept shining and kept coming to the table with new things and putting people over and making shit happen. I kept getting mad because I knew that it was like, have you ever watched somebody like play a sport and they're so good at it that you tell they, they really don't even like, like, are they even going for it? Like it, she is going for it, but I know there's so much more. And like, I'm a little shit and I love her, but I'm going to fuck her life up tomorrow tonight. If I can't, if I can't get the real deal out of her, because we've gotten an excellent dark chic match. We've gotten an excellent dark chic match. Oh, match of the week, match of the century. We haven't gotten hood slam and I fucking need it. And I'm going to drain it out. However I can get it because I need that vibration and that energy and I need it in a GCW room and we could do it and it's going to be bananas. Yeah. Uh, so your, your tag partners going up against Janela and we saw her social media promo, which was pretty, uh, pretty wild to say the least. Uh, yeah. What's going on with her? And let me just fill people in. And I think it was funny that at the last show, everybody was like, Oh, Ellie's going to turn on, because she did pile drive warhorse, which like I mean, whatever. It's like beating up your little brother. It happens sometimes when you're frustrated. And they were like, "Oh, she's gonna turn on. She's gonna turn on him." And I was like, "Yo, girl, like do your shit and live your life. Uh, match your energy. Feel yourself." She's like my dom now, and I get what she's doing because <laughs> if someone, if someone like me went out and had fun and had some cocktails and partied with the boys and did everything, and then wrestled the show and had great matches and showed up every time and was ready and ready to fit the role at any point. And then you see all these other people getting opportunities that are women and they're using you as an example of like, well, they don't book Hollywood, they don't do this. And you're being told by these major companies like, you know, we don't want a cat, we don't need a cat, nobody wants a cat. And you're looking, you're going, but that's even dumber than a cat and that's dumber than this. What do you mean nobody wants a cat? I have seven of them. At a certain certain (laughs) point you go, you know what? I'm just going to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm not impressing anyone here and I'm going to have my time. And because of that, giving up that, hey, I hope they like this. Once you give that up as a performer, you become a true performer. And that's where people start paying attention. And what's beautiful is she doesn't have that intention currently. She's not doing this to to get the attention. She's saying, fine, I'll just keep showing everyone that I'm really fucking good at this thing. And if you want to box me in with the silly gimmick, and if you want to say, oh, she parties too much, you would never say it to a guy. You would never tell a guy his yeah. thing is too dumb. Fuck you, I'm just going to do yeah. my shit. And look at look at what happens. Now, granted, I got pinned and she lost the match. So I hope for better things down the line tomorrow, tonight, which, you know, I just keep fucking this. I keep fucking the time zone up. It's going to be lit, and I don't think Joey knows what he's getting into. I don't think he knows what he's getting into. I think he I thinks think he's going to get either. the pat my belly, I'm a kitty cat. Y'all should have known after she fought Nick Gage that she's not fucking around. And instead of listening, y'all kept going off on Allie's just a dumb cat. This and that. Get out of here. Let her live her life. She's going to show you. She's going to kick your fucking ass. And I'm behind her a thousand percent. She can even pile drive me. I don't give a shit. Now, looking at this card, uh, Ricky Marvin versus Jordan Oliver, that's going to be great because Ricky Marvin's like uh, like a Mexican wrestling legend pretty much, right? Dude, he's a fucking legend. And he keeps doing this thing where like every few years he's like, I'll go get over on the indies again. And I love (laughs) to see it because... You know, he's looking at someone like Jordan Oliver, who's doing Ironman matches and wrestling everybody, and everybody's getting over with him, and he's such a workhorse. And he says he can work with anyone, and I think Ricky Marvin's going, yeah, i got to get in there with this cat. i got to see for myself, because at the end of the day with wrestlers, we sometimes just got to know. We love wrestling, and we want to experience it. It's like when you hear about a new opponent something, like, 
it can wake you up. Everybody's retired until the right opportunity comes in. And I hope we see more of Ricky Marvin, but this is also an opportunity for Jordan Oliver to step out there and go, I don't care who you are. I don't care what your legendary status is. I don't care how old you are. I'm Jordan Oliver, and I'm a bratty son of a bitch, and I'm going to beat your ass. He keeps doing it. I love he Jordan keeps Oliver, doing it. man. He says, this is the best independent <clears throat> wrestler. Give him to me. I beat him. This guy's the best independent wrestler. Girl, I'll beat him. And, and I love yeah. watching it. Uh, we got Leo Watch Rush you. versus Starboy Charlie. Starboy Charlie's on the rise. That'll be a really good one. Uh, I believe this is your group, if you're still in it. The second gear crew of Matthew Justice, one called Manders, and Man Old Mancer, Old Mancer. versus the oh my god, and Damian Drake and Matt Vandegrift and Eli Everfly. Eli, and I love Eli Everfly. And He's crazy. That match with two cold, two cold Scorpio from WrestleMania was great. His, I don't know if they're still together, but where's Delilah? I think they are. Where's Delilah? She's on the comeback now. Her knee is finally healed, I believe. And so okay. she's on the comeback now. I want to reverse a little of that SGC thing. Here's what people don't realize. Everybody's like, oh, your faction is so cool. Like, you guys are so cool. We didn't even tell them to start advertising SGC shit. Like, honest to God. It's just like people know SGC rolls up, and they started doing it, and we're like, whatever, we'll take it. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, why don't you go help out your SGC guys when they're getting beat up? And I'm like, dog, if I show up and try to baby one of these big boys and try to help them through their struggles, I'm going to get my ass kicked additionally. <laughs> we don't, that's not what we're there for. We're not there to go protect each other. This isn't a fucking faction. You know, we're trying to be DX. This is like, we're ready to go to goddamn second gear and you better be ready to go with us and shit's going to hit the fan. That's really what it comes down to. And like, you look at the six man. I'm I, I'm a little familiar with Van de Griff. We've met a few times. I've seen some matches. These other guys and Eli Everfly leading the charge. Y'all better prepare for nuts, crazy shit because these boys all rode in on crazy flights to Vegas. They're feeling nuts. They're partying on the slots. <laughs> SGC is is going to go in there as a goddamn tornado, and they operate very effectively I mean, in three man fashion. Yeah, Manders is a big Matt of Justice, bitch. one Justice. called Manders, and Mance Warner are three guys that I see the names. And I see that I'm going against them, and I don't show up that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you hit Matt Justice as hard as you can with a metal chair in his face, he'll go, "Yeah, do it again." That's not an <laughs> opponent you fucking want across no. the ring from. We already touched on Janelle and Nelly. Cat. Uh, oh yeah. Jimmy Lloyd and Jack Cartwheel. I've never heard. Right. of I'm not familiar with Jack. Good. This is my favorite thing in the world because what Jimmy Lloyd does, Jimmy Lloyd goes, oh, you haven't heard of this guy? All right, well, we're going to go have a banger-ass match and now you're going to love him. And people forget, but like, guys come in on Jimmy Lloyd matches and come in on Jimmy Lloyd scrambles and he knows how to make guys look good. People always want to say, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy's just Jimmy, Jimmy. The Jimmy knows talent and Jimmy knows wrestling. And when Jimmy is put in a position across from you, whether people know who you are or not, you're going to have a great match, and people are going to be talking about you because number one, Jimmy's a good wrestler. Number two, Jimmy's fucking nuts. Jimmy Jimmy's fucking, fucking great. Like if it's you, Jimmy fucking Lloyd. If you look at him and you don't know, you're like big fucking deal. Like seeing this, him, at, seeing him in the WrestleMania crowd was fucking hilarious. But by but the way. like the first <laughs> match, uh, uh, admittedly, then, the first match we saw of Jimmy Lloyd, yeah. was our. Number one match of last year, whatever month it happened, probably March. The social distancing was match. the social distancing match, and wow. I was like, I was like, how is this guy doing the shit that he does? Because he, he just, you know, he looks like a regular ass dude. And, and yes, and, and then you start wrestling, and you're like, are you a lucha legend, bro? Like, what's exa going on? Exactly. Um, so then it we looks have like one. 
the big bad. Uh, we got the Dirty Daddy against Bad God Dude Tito, it. which will have a blood sport type of feel to it. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I hope. I want to see those re- dudes regulars. just fuck out of each other. The next yeah, one, absolutely. I'm a little upset about because that means he won't be on commentary. Yeah. Slack versus Juicy Finale. I live for Slack on commentary, by the way. Like, for Bro, real. <laughs> the thing people don't realize is he's it's such an like educated speaker that like if you talk to Schlock about anything, you will learn something because he knows about everything. And so when you put him on commentary, he's just riffing and he knows so much that like his references are off the chain. It's wild. It's like, look, I will say this. Guy. He, we got a guy. He's smart as fuck. He sounds like Mr. Krabs. Listen to him talk. And <laughs> <laughs> so I look at a guy like Juicy, though, and I wonder if he knows what he's getting into. Like, Juicy showed up in Indiana to help during Collective, and Joey saw how hard he was working. I mean, this is a guy who met me with a water bottle after my match. was like, you need water, bro. Like, it, it was incredible having him in the locker room, and he had some pop moments. And since then, you know, like, Dickinson beat the shit out of him. And you've got to come back from that big, and now you're telling me his next opponent is Schlack, dog. Be ready because Schlack doesn't stop. I know from experience. I've wrestled the man twice. He doesn't stop, and it's all go, start to finish. Be ready, Juicy, because he's going to take you to the limit. But if you can fucking hang with Schlack, you should be ready to go because yeah. that's the that's the tester. Yeah, I, yeah, they, I, I they was a little that. sad that we didn't get Schlack versus Owie Cat. We, but we did get something what you're talking about with uh, Nolan Edward, I believe. Right? Wasn't that the... Yeah, that was awesome. That was fantastic. Yeah, I, I love Nolan. Nolan. Nolan puts in the work. I always tell Nolan yeah. to relax a little bit. He said to me one time, he goes, I'm going to do this until my body breaks down and my car won't ride anymore. And I go, I'm going to do it until it's mildly uncomfortable and I don't make no money. So figure it out, Nolan. Figure it out. I'm already mildly Figure uncomfortable. I don't know what I'm talking about. My body hurts like shit all the time. But I'm fine. I feel great. I feel good. So then uh, the header, of course, uh, Nick Gage is in his first defense against A.J. Gray. And it makes me sad because I love A.J. Gray, but he, I'm taking him for a loss here. These two are fucking crazy, though, okay? I just, I know. Uh, listen, I spent all day with Nick Gage today. I spent a lot of my life with AJ Gray. When it's go time for both of them, the thing that makes them such unique performers is it's like it's full fucking throttle and it's coming at you and you can't tell what's real and what's not. And with those two in the ring together, like we've been waiting for this. You know, that Nashville match was had had fucked up parts and had there, but it proved that there is a possibility of AJ Gray winning. He he beat Gage for the belt before. Don't forget that. Yeah, because right. it wasn't Ricky that beat Gage for the belt you know Ricky came into a battered and beat up and destroyed AJ Gray after a match and then handled his shit I think this match I don't I don't know how to call it I think Nick's at the peak of his game right now I think he's on top of everything I think he had he's vibed off the vice thing but I will tell you this he did pressers for three days he's been doing podcasts he's been talking to people he's been taking a lot of pictures AJ Gray showing up to work and he don't party he goes to the room and he chills and he does his thing he don't want to be out with everybody I think AJ Gray goes in a more focused competitor, but I'd be scared to fucking face either of them, honestly. Yeah, uh, Nick Gage is a guy that I, I tell my friends about Nick Gage, and I say, hey, Nick Gage has a match coming up. We, we You should come watch it with me. And they say, well, is it going to be a death match? And whether it's advertised as or not, my answer is yes. <laughs> yes. He's a death match wrestler. He'll tell you to your face, I'm a death match wrestler. Yeah. So, um, 
Or my answer is probably. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to bleed more than yeah. likely. Last couple questions, and then we're going to wrap up, and I have a question for you off record. Um, so, Ooh, spicy. if you were to recommend uh, a match or a show to someone who wasn't uh, acquainted with GCW, which what would you recommend them? Well, okay. So, I, I have to make two recommendations so you truly understand it inside and out. The first is uh, Two Cups Stuffed in Chicago, which was a joint show with Black Label Pro. Uh, I am in the main event. I of the miss show Black Label Pro. Uh, they'll be back. Uh, but this show also features Jerry Lawler versus Mance Warner. It also features Gangrel versus Orange Cassidy. It also features a ladder match where literally G-Raver almost died. Uh, it is an insane show top to bottom. But second to that, I suggest that everyone watch the Nick Gage Invitational from... I believe it was two years ago now, or you know, a year and a half ago, where Ricky actually finally showed up. It is an incredible show. Uh, I think both of those kind of took place in the Chicagoland area, so kind of wild coincidence. But it's uh, they're both worth watching, and especially the Nick Cage Invitational is a very bloody show. I will tell that to people, but you will get a better understanding for the passion and commitment and the craft, the actual craft and the true skill it takes to be a deathmatch wrestler. It shines through there uh, in a lot of ways. The last question uh, is, what um, what made GCW special enough to you to where you are now a figurehead? Uh, because I was allowed to actually play a role. I wasn't just there for the night and go home and thanks for doing your 10 minutes and great stuff. It was what can we do next and where do we go and what people do you know and what avenues do we go into? And when you have someone who is willing to take you on in a serious manner, and isn't just like, well, that's the wrestler. He's just give him his money and tell him who's winning. When you have someone that thinks about wrestling more than that and wants things to be good and wants things to hit and wants to listen to the people around them that are participating in the show, it makes such a difference and it makes it a lot easier to show up. And it makes us excited to come in and do the work because we're backed up and we've we've got, you know, the team in our corner, whether what our decision is what they would have made or not. Right. Yeah. Um, as someone not in the company, not in the business in any way, I think I oh, think we're trying. I, we're trying. I think a good answer for that question would be what makes people want to keep going to GCW? What makes people care about GCW? And I think the answer, by and large, has got to be Brett Lauderdale. He's he's a uh, he's got his ducks figured out. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this because this is I've said it before, but and it's a very not safe for work statement. Okay, wrestling for a long time was built on not letting the viewer nut. Right, you bring him to the event and oh, there's a fuck finish and come back for next month's event and we'll have four months of TV and you got to keep going, you got to keep pushing. You never give him the payoff. I think you watch GCW and it's just like. You, you nut like 30 times and you're like, holy shit, that was great. And all the old timers are going like, well, you can't nut that many times because then they're going to have to nut 31 times. So then we show up on the next show and we go, okay, well, we'll nut 30 to one times then. Fuck you. And instead of waiting, people feel like they are getting the bang for the buck every time. Things don't feel like transitional shows. Every show has importance because everyone is wrestling the shows as if they have importance. Yeah. And so there's not that middle ground of like, well, what are we going to do next month? What are we going to do? It's, hey, we've got plenty we could do. Let's fucking go for it and give them all this shit and go all the way instead of dragging people along. Like TikToks are two minutes long or whatever. 
Stop acting like Americans are tuning in every week for the next episode. You're a fucking idiot if you think that anymore. Wake yeah. up. Or, I mean, don't. I Honestly, leave the market share for me. I don't give a shit. <clears throat> yeah, I gotta say, man, when I was watching Fight Forever, um, there was a chance that I wasn't going to be able to watch it because of work. Um, it's kind of a blessing in, in disguise because I, 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 I was negative. My test was negative, but I had some... COVID is symptoms that actually don't kind risk of, it. That no, don't risk it. I'm vaxxed now. I wear my mask everywhere. I love um, it. But it allowed me to watch all of Fight Forever. And I was like, well, this is kind of a positive to keep my mind off of this bullshit until I get this test back. Um, Fight Forever was. Fight, for, Fight Forever was. No pun intended. Crazy? No pun intended. A game changer. Just, no, um, just a, fucking important. It was important, and there was something... It's important to us. It was important to you. There was something... It was important to your that peers. Literally, literally made me emotional when I was sitting there watching the morning sun peek through the windows of that oh, of yeah. bar. And I was like, I've been watching wrestling for 12 hours, and it feels like I've been watching for five minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, and... Because I well, do There's just such a variety. Day. I... I do this thing every year called Extra Life, where I stream video games for a full 24 hours. I know how hard it is to do shit for 24 hours. Tell them tell why. Tell them why. Oh, um, Extra Life raises money for Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Hell yeah. Um, I love that. So I, I, love do, that. I, do that every, I do that every year. You stream video games 24 hours, people donate money. And there was just something that gave me that feeling, knowing that all this money was going to you guys knowing that knowing that the people that sponsored this event were people that gave a fuck about wrestling. Um, seeing Ron Funches on there. I fucking love Ron Funches and he should be landing in about an hour. We're going to go. Ron Funches is what (laughs) Ron Funches is what every celebrity that's a wrestling fan should strive to be. Yeah. yeah, he puts people over, and it's incredible. He raided my stream the other night. Like, I, He's the star of Chop 420. He has no reason to have to raid my stream, and he's like, let me share the love. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, he's he's great. Kate I mean, Trevor Wilson's great, too. Kate Trevor Wilson's fantastic. There, I mean, Fight Forever was literally nothing but positive. Yeah. I fucking loved it. And it was it's one of those things where, like, it was the middle of the night, and you're sitting here and you're like, is anybody even watching this? And you look and you're like, holy fuck, people are rolling in and watching people this. People are live care tweeting of us this. And, and donating care. and going. People you know, are like, pe- people are, are sharing the fucking the fucking gif of Terry Funk every 20 seconds. It, like, <laughs> you know, me and John, we have regular ass jobs, you know. So, like, we don't have a lot of funds. Uh, but when we saw the Fight Forever and the sponsorship and stuff, of course... You think, oh, we can get our name out there, and maybe somebody will click our shit. But but no. But more importantly, it was, it was we're putting our names on this fucking company. Yeah, and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're we are going to make sure. Hell yeah, we're going to make sure that this these independent talent and independent wrestling, the the forefront of this knows that people, even us who don't have much, will give anybody because we give a fuck. Anybody who calls themselves an ally and is a wrestling fan needs to give a shit about GCW. Yeah, it's it's lit. And I would say, like, what's so crazy, too, is, you know, we had sponsors and we had people coming in and it's regular people sponsoring. And it's, you know, people working and doing podcasts and doing their shows. 
and there wasn't any corporate backing. And we still raised over $50,000. Oh, th- there were so many great people that bullshit. came in and jumped in. I love that. And it wasn't like we weren't having to wait for, oh, well, you know, will somebody's check clear? Will something go through? It was just like people really wanted to participate. And you're taking a gamble by going, hey, we're going to do a 24 hour show. The budget is whatever. And you at guys the same decide. time, with all those ads that you guys ran, um, you got to see the creativity of these people too. Uh, so oh, absolutely. it's tenfold. And that Orange Crush commercial, like, was so cool with the music and the pictures. Yeah, and whoever runs their Twitter, um, they're, they're awesome. Whoever runs their Twitter is, like, Because we've talked awesome. about It's visually great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, I believe it's Adam. He's a, he's a New York PR guy, and he kind of created Orange Crush just because he loves wrestling so much. And what he's been able to do and kind of get back to wrestling, because, I mean, he's selling these books and then giving money back into wrestling. It's, like, incredible. Uh, he's, he's made it magic. And I think having having guys like them around and having collaboration with these different companies and podcasts and places, it only helps us grow even more because we want, we want you to come with us. We want you to participate with us. If you say, Hey, we have a platform and it's five people that have never heard of me before. Yo, yeah. that's five more people that I would love to get yeah. in, in their ear and talk to them. We've got to, we treat each other with that respect. And I think GCW sees that and it's like, Hey, you know, there's, there's no benefit to being like, Oh, you know, we, why would we do press? Why would we right. tell people exactly. about this? Why versus you know we got to put boots to the ground and make this happen and when you have that spirit of wanting to be there and wanting to show up it makes that easier for people to be pumped about what they're doing yeah, yeah and it's like you say i love death matches i say watch gcw you say i love technical wrestling i say watch gcw i love tag team wrestling watch gcw i love comedy watch gcw i love drama watch gcw like you want to see who's going to be in AEW and nxt in a few years Watch GCW. GCW. I love inclusivity. Watch GCW. Yeah, I'll tell you who's watching GCW. The people writing your favorite shows on cable, okay? Yeah. That's who's watching GCW. <laughs> so join them. If you want to watch what they watch over at NXT, come join us and watch GCW. You'll be watching the same thing as uh, Hunter, you know? <laughs> well, Effie, it was fantastic talking to you. And we love Thank you. you. And uh, we need to do this again. Yeah, it was a blessing. Absolutely. Yeah, we I would love, love to just interview you eventually. But oh man, I like talking about the GCW stuff too. I've got I've got plenty to tell you. There's plenty more material where that came from. So uh, with that, wherever you are in the world, whether it's morning, noon, or night, you have a great, great one, one and peace and, and love. peace and love to all of to you. all of you. Effie, we do this thing where we all too sweet at the end. Bang! Woo! You ready? You ready? There's the real too sweet. There it is. Oh, shit. Look at that. Too sweet. That's awesome. Too sweet. Yeah, I love that. Kept it there. $13 tattoo. What are you going to (laughs) do?